Hey, this is Keith. I'm the pastor of Blaze Church. Welcome to our podcast. I know today's message is going to inspire you, encourage you, and lead you to know God more. If you want to connect with us, visit us online at blazechurch.org. Enjoy today's message. Glad you're here this morning. Well, my name is Keith, as I said, and it really is a joy and a privilege to worship our Savior together. Maybe today is your first time at Blaze Church. Maybe it's your first time in a church. And so thank you for choosing to be with us this morning. I don't know if you've heard this before, but if you take out your phone and text Blaze to 97,000, anyone heard that yet? Uh, it's just a way that we can stay in touch and we wanna actually mail you a little thank you card this week. And before you leave, if today's your first time here, we've got a gift in the back of the room, a little stocking filled with some stuff. So we wanna make sure you get that. So please don't hurry off too soon. Stop by our welcome home area. Uh, this week, I had a new experience uh, take place. Actually, for the first time, two weeks ago, I had this experience, but this week, it was a little bit different uh, than it was a couple weeks ago. Guys, I made it 34 years, and I finally had a cavity. Have you heard of these things? They're horrible. I don't know why so many of you have these. I mean... I, I never experienced this. And two weeks ago, I went and, and uh, the doctor was like, you have two cavities. I'm like, no, you're wrong. You have the wrong patient. I want proof of the x-rays. Um, I only eat ice cream every day, doc. This shouldn't be an issue. Um, and, and so I had a filling, but this past Monday, I had another filling done and it was horrible. The pain was crazy. I made a vow when I left there, I will never eat candy again for the next hour. <laughs> And I kept that vow. Later that night, I had a Kit Kat and some soda. It was awesome. But it was so painful. So I'm sitting there in, in the dentist's office, and the news is on. And I don't normally willingly listen to the news too often. Um, and I'm sitting there. And I don't know if you've heard this before. The news is not good. Do you know this? These are new experiences for me. Cavities, the news. And I'm sitting there, and in just a short amount of time, I'm hearing about devastation and, and a fire and animal abuse and, and people dying and all of this. And I got to tell you, in that moment, there was nothing that welled up in me that would be defined as joy. Like, the news that I was taking in didn't give me joy. I sat there, and, it, and it, in fact, it caused, like, sorrow grief and pain. This news did not give me any joy. And I wonder during the Christmas season this month, how many of us are hopeful for joy. We read about joy. We're going to do so today. We sing joy to the world. We receive greeting cards that have the word joy. And yet for so many of us, joy feels elusive. Joy feels out of reach. And the news that we are taking in from scrolling on social media or putting on the news or the news our friends brings us, so much of it does not give any joy. And so if I can, for these minutes together, give you good news of great joy, that's what I want us to do this morning. I want you to discover good news of great joy because I believe you need it, and I know I do. If you need it, say, I need it. <laughs> 
We need some good news of great joy today. So I wanna share it with you. And as we discover this good news of great joy, there are three questions that I want us to answer. The first is important. It's this question, who is it for? Say, who is it for? Who is it for? Because have you ever like heard some good news? You're like, well, that doesn't apply to me. Sometimes Starbucks will send me little rewards. And if you do this challenge, I'm like, well, that's not gonna apply to me today. It's already after 11 a.m. I can't buy a croissant by that time. That does not work for me. So sometimes we hear good news, but is it for me? Is it for you? Who is it for? We have to establish who is it for. The second thing we need to establish is what is it? Say, what is it? What is the good news of great joy? After all, we might hear good news at different times in our life, but what is this specific good news of great joy that seems to have so many around the world leaning in during the Christmas season? What is it? And here's probably the most important question of all, because you always need to understand this one. Why? Why does it matter? Say that one. Why does it matter? So who is it for? What is it? And then why should it matter to you today? At this time in space, in this part of the world, here we are, 2023. What would this good news have to do with me today? We're gonna discover that. Now, to do so, we are going to read from the Bible. We're gonna read from God's word together. We'll be reading from the third book of the New Testament. So the Bible is 66 different pieces of writing put together broken into two huge parts, the Old Testament and the New Testament. We're gonna be on the New Testament, which is the parts that really clearly explain the birth, life, death, resurrection of Jesus and how we now live because of all that. We're gonna be in the third book called Luke. Now, why is it called Luke? Well, who do you think wrote it? No, James did. No, I'm just joking, Luke did. Stay with me. I'm just making sure you're still awake, 10.30. Yes, it's called Luke because Luke wrote it and Luke wrote what he saw and what he heard and what was told of him. This is an eyewitness account. In fact, Luke starts off his writing explaining how detail-oriented he was to ensure what is written actually happened. So we're gonna read Luke's writing about what happened the night that the son was given, that Jesus came as a baby, as a child. What took place that night? Who is it for? What is it? And why does it matter? So Luke chapter two, verse eight. That night there were, say the word with me, shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Now let's pause because we're reading literature about an event that took place in the first century, but here we are in 2023. And when you and I think of shepherds, we think of cute. We think of children that are gonna do a nativity scene. We, we think of your nativity scene at home and the shepherds look all put together and they're like, and they got the sheep and they're, they're just so peaceful and clean and it's awesome. Okay, that's not these shepherds. In the first century, the shepherds were not children in bathrobes trying out for a Christmas play. Okay, the, these were rough guys. These were the ones considered outcast by the rest of the community. Do you notice where they are? They're in the fields. They're not even working in the city. They're not in the town. They're out in the fields 
And they are known as traitors, as thieves, as liars, as ruffians, all of that. In fact, they could not even testify in court. People didn't trust the shepherd's word. That's how outstanding they were as citizens. So if I'm alive in the first century, I'm not talking to my seven-year-old daughter and saying, Cece, when you grow up, I hope you just marry a good shepherd and settle down somewhere out in the fields. And you can never come to synagogue or temple because you're unclean around animals. And No. These shepherds were the misfits. You know, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Misfit Toy Island. It's kind of like out in the fields. Like we've been forgotten. There's no place for us here. No one knows us. No one sees us. We're never invited. That's who these shepherds are. Now, I want you to know today, some of you, you were invited here by a friend, by a family member. Someone mailed you a greeting card and you came. And there might be wonder in your heart today. Should I be here? Do I belong here? Is it okay that I'm here? And I just want you to know if those are the questions you're asking, the shepherds ask those questions in the town. So here they are out in the field, pushed aside, and it's not an ordinary night at the job. Look at what we read. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were, what's the word? Terrified. They were terrified. This isn't a moment where they take out their phone and say, cool, angel, selfie. <laughs> I gotta make sure everyone remembers this. No, they're terrified in this moment. The glory of the Lord is shining around them and they have great fear. I wonder if they had great fear because when you believe and are told you're no good, you're an outcast and God shows up, he's not showing up to congratulate you. It's judgment day. I just wonder if their fear is rooted in a belief that they have about God and themselves. They're terrified. The glory of God is there. And here they are. And they've got to be thinking, this is the end. This is it. What a way to go among such dumb sheep. Here they are. And they're terrified. Now, I wonder for you today, if the glory of the Lord were to show up in its magnificence, there one would be a holy awe and reverence for God, but would you be filled with such great terror? Or would you know, wow, there's my God. There's the one who knows me. There's the one who loves me. There's the one who has invited me in. Think about that. What's your response to God showing up. So the angels are terrified. So what do they need to hear in this moment as they are dealing with all this fear? Well, what they need to hear, the angel says first. Don't miss it. And the angel said to them, say it real, real loud, fear not. The angel said, fear not, for behold, I bring you, what's the word there? Good news. What kind of news? Good news of great joy that will be for, what's the word? All the people. So the, the shepherds are terrified. Great fear. The angel shows up. And says, don't be afraid. The first thing the angel addresses is their fear. Don't 
be afraid. Fear not. And then there's this invitation word, behold. So don't be afraid. In fact, I'm, I want you to, to behold. I'm inviting you into something. That word behold doesn't just mean see, it means perceive, understand. So to these outcast shepherds, to the ones that society said, there's no place for you, watch this. The first Christmas invitation card goes out to the shepherds. How cool is that? And the, and the angel says, I'm bringing you good news of great joy. We're gonna discover what it is. That's the second question. But who is it for? Well, it says all people, all people. Now, I, I need to break that down for a second. Do you know what the word all means in Greek? All people, <laughs> nothing more. It means all, it means everyone. But watch this. Do you know who we often discount when we think of everyone and all? Ourselves. It's easy for me to look across the aisle and say, well, of course the good news is for them. Look at how they live. Look at what they do. Look at who they are. It's hard for me to accept it for myself. So hear this. You know who it's for? The good news is for you. It's for you. There's a reason you're here this morning. And I believe that God wants you to know the good news is for you. It's not just for the person sitting next to you. It's not, for, not just for all. All includes you. And that's why I think God is so strategic in his invitation process that instead of inviting those who are already in the town and those who people looked at to say, well, they're good. This makes sense for them to behold the baby. He goes out of his way to say, let me find the ones that people discount the most and make sure they know without a doubt. The good news is for you. It's for you. Just say it's for me. But the good news is for you. Now, we gotta know what it is. Because again, we hear good news all the time. What makes this good news of great joy? Well, to answer the question, we'll just keep reading. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. So what is the good news? The good news is a birth announcement. And if you are a parent or you know someone who has had a child, a baby, you know how fun a birth announcement is. Send out the card, post it on Instagram, this pounds, this ounces, this time, and everyone celebrates. It's, it's exciting when a baby's born, it's miraculous. But how, how is a baby being born good news of great joy? And also, why didn't the angel even use the word baby in that sentence? Do you see the three words the angel used to describe who it is that has come? Because that's where the good news is found. Unto you is born this day in the city of David. Watch the three words. A savior who is Christ the Lord. The good news of great joy involves understanding who it is that has come. And who it is that has come is described for us in those three words. So first is a savior. Say savior. savior. Now, for you and I to need a savior, that means, say with me, we need saving. <laughs> no, nah, man, you got the wrong guy. I'm good. <laughs> I don't need saving. I'm a good person. No, no, no. Hear me. 
Christmas means you didn't need a teacher or an example. You needed a savior. You need and I need one who would come and rescue us, save us from our sin. That's why this is such good news because you don't have to any longer try to prove your morality as a reason for God to love and accept you. Well, I'm a good person. How good is good enough? Define that according to whose standard? According to God's standard, all of us fall short. Everyone. And do you know who we need? A savior. We need one who will come and rescue us. And Christmas means we have that one. What's the second word? Say it, Christ. Well, that word means Messiah or anointed one. For hundreds, even thousands of years, the Jewish people specifically waited for the anointed one, the Messiah, the Christ, the one who would come and fulfill God's law and God's standard and set up a kingdom whose reign would have no end. The angel declares, the Christ has come. The one who is the one. Many of us, we try to impress ourselves and others by being the one. Come on, we walk in with a little, got a little swag to it. Let me tell you about what I've accomplished in my life. Let me tell you about my family. Let me tell you about my portfolio. And we try to be the one when we walk into a room. You don't have to do that anymore. The one has already come. The Christ. And then the third word, Lord. Do you know what Lord means? Authority, decision maker, the one who is in control. So the angel's good news says, this one born to you is a savior. He'll rescue you from your sin. He's the Christ, the one you've been waiting for. And he's Lord, he's in control, you're not. Now, do you know how that produces joy? Well, just apply it to your own life for a minute. Imagine if you no longer had to stack up your good deeds, your morality in a way to impress God or others, but you could say, you know what? I'm not worthy, but covered in Jesus, I'm declared righteous. Wouldn't that produce some joy in your heart? How about this? That you don't have to impress anybody any longer, but you can say, I, I trust in the one. I know him, the Messiah. Or watch this, you want joy this holiday season? Instead of trying to figure out how everything's going to turn out and if everything's gonna be okay, you submit to the Lord and trust his ways. And follow him. Wouldn't that produce joy in your heart? I know it's done so for so many people in this room. Got the joy of the Lord as their strength because they know the one who is a savior, who is Christ the Lord. I'll ask you, do you know him today that way? So let me say it this way. Jesus can be who you can't be and he can do what you can't do. And that's why this is good news of great joy. <laughs> he, he has come to be all that you could never be. You can't be your own savior. You can't be your own Lord. He has done all that you could never do. And that's the good news that we look to this Christmas season and find great joy in. So who is it for? Well, it's for all, and that includes you. What is it? It's the news of a savior who is Christ the Lord. But now the why question, why should I care? Why does that matter? For many of us, we may say, well, this is good. It's a Christmas service, but I've got my own life and 
I think I'm doing all right. Why should this matter to me? Well, let's keep reading. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing, don't miss this, that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. Notice the shepherds say, let's go see, behold, what has happened. The angels didn't share good advice. They declared good news. And there is a difference between good advice and good news. Good advice is what you should do. My dentist is attempting to tell me I should floss and not eat candy. Thank you, sir, for the good advice. The good news is I'm still going to eat candy. <laughs> good advice is here's what you should do. So the angel doesn't show up to these outcast shepherds and say, guys, if you want even a shot at seeing this Savior who is Christ the Lord, here's what you need to do. You need to get cleaned up, man. You need to pretty up your life. Take one of those sheep, go to the temple, sacrifice it as a sin offering. Get right before you can come to see Jesus. You know what we would call that in one word? Religion. Rooted in advice giving. Do more. Pray more. Give more. And all of that is advice. And hey, God does tell us the best way to live our lives. But salvation is good news. And news is what has already happened. So at Blaze Church, we share the good news of great joy every single week. We declare this is what has already happened. God sent his son to this world because he loves you. He lived a sinless life. And as your savior, he paid the price for your sin. He is the one you've been waiting for. Will you surrender to his lordship? It's the good news. Produces great joy. We come to him. We behold him. So the shepherds say, let's go look or behold what the angels talked about, what has already happened. Now there's two things that they will do when they behold, and we've got to understand it. Behold, believe, become. Did you say that with me? Behold, believe, become. This, this is what they're going to experience. It's what you and I can experience today. They're going to behold. Their beholding is a response to what has happened. Don't miss that. It's a difference between religion and the gospel. So it says, they went with haste and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. There's the baby. But we know because the angels have told us and told them that's not a regular baby. That's the Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now, I don't know if the Christmas songs are true. Away in a manger, no crying he makes. I never met a baby, no crying he makes. <laughs> Maybe baby Jesus was crying at that moment. I don't know. But they get there and the cattle are lowing and they show up and there's the baby. But they know that it's just a regular baby. That's a savior who is Christ the Lord. Oh, come let us adore him. Behold him. 
good news of great joy. And all of this takes place and they believe. Well, look what it says next. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. The good news declaration, the gospel that was shared, because that's what the word gospel means, good news. The good news that was declared was in fact, just as the angel had said, they believe and they become someone new. They go back glorifying and praising God. And I think they've got a little two-step as they're going back to their flock and they're just worshiping. They're new. Now, don't miss this. Their circumstance hasn't changed any. Their external is still the same. They're still going back to that overnight shift. (laughs) They're still going back. Jesus didn't show up and change their job and make them healthy, wealthy, and blessed and all that. No, no, no. The transformation was internal. And it's the best gift we could ever receive. Please understand this Christmas. If you think being here is somehow going to instantly change all that you are facing around you, it's not the Christmas story. But it matters because the good news has the power to change you, to produce in you great joy. I'm talking about a joy that's not connected to circumstances not talking about happiness that you get from an experience, a moment, a relationship, a really good Jim Dandy Sunday. That's some happiness, but I'm not talking about that. Christian joy, listen to this. Christian joy is very different from the trite advice to turn that frown upside down. You ever have someone tell you, turn that frown upside down? You say, boy, you're about to get a frown if you don't stop. I will make you cry. In this moment, don't tell me to turn my frown upside down. Having a rough day, okay? Christian joy is not that. It is a profound decision of faith and hope in the power of Jesus' own life and love. Christian joy is an attitude God's people adopt because we know we've got a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And if everything around me falls apart, I know in me, God has done a transforming work. Come on, do you have that joy today? What are you holding on to that you think will give you that joy, but it was not meant to produce long-lasting joy in your life? Only he can do that. What news are you clinging on to, grasping at, hoping, but if I hear this news, then I'll have joy. But it's not the good news of great joy that the angels heard, that the angels said to the shepherds. So if... This morning's text that we read from scripture sounds familiar and you've never heard it from the Bible before. Maybe it sounds familiar because you've heard Linus say it on a Charlie Brown Christmas. How many many have seen a Charlie Brown Christmas? All right, good. We watched it last night with our kids. We watch it every year. It's one of my favorites. Absolutely love it. If you're not familiar, Charlie Brown is just the Eeyore of the Peanuts gallery. He just everything wrong and can't find joy in it. In fact, at one moment, a character says to him, you're the only person I know that can take a good thing like Christmas and turn it into this. And of all the Charlie Browns, you're the most Charlie Browniest. And so he's going through this, trying to find meaning, trying to find purpose, trying to find joy in this season where don't we get like little moments of it? 
We have a good experience together. We, we share a good meal. We watch a good film. We're with good friends, but it's just like a, a little burst of joy and then it's gone. And then there's bad news and then there's tragedy and then there's unrest. So Charlie Brown gets to this point towards the end of the, the movie and he says this, isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? And then Linus, his friend, says, sure, Charlie Brown. I know what Christmas is all about. And he takes the stage and he starts saying what we just read together, Luke 2. Like he says, for behold, out in the field, there were shepherds at night. They were sore afraid. And the angel of the Lord appeared and said, fear not, I bring you glad tidings of great joy. You've seen this, you've heard it. We just read it in scripture. So to the question, what is Christmas all about? Linus says, good news of great joy. Now, there's something very interesting if you know the Peanuts and Charlie Brown about this character, Linus. Do you notice both of his hands in that moment? Do you notice what's at the bottom of the screen there? He is not holding his blanket. And it is the one time where Charles Schulz writes in, Linus, drop the blanket. And he drops the blanket. Some of you are like, oh, that's why he was holding it for the first five minutes. It's all coming together now. <laughs> he drops the blanket at the very moment when he says, fear not, behold, and he drops it. And I know what you're thinking. The first thing I'm doing when I leave this church is I'm watching Charlie Brown Christmas to see if this is true. It's free on Apple TV. You can watch it. But think about how amazing this is. When Linus says, fear not, he drops the blanket that is his security blanket. That is what he holds on to thinking, as long as I have this, I'll be okay. As long as this is close to me, I'm fine. But the moment, the good news of great joy, which starts with fear not, he actually lets go of it. I just believe today that God wants you to understand whatever you are holding onto so tightly that you think is going to give you life and joy, it's time to drop the blanket. It's time to hear the words of a savior who is Christ the Lord who says, don't be afraid. I mean, it would look silly if all of us walked around like this, right? And yet, realistically, how many of us are holding on saying, well, if I just get the job, if I just have the relationship, if the one I'm hoping gets in office gets in office, if my finances are right, if my physical health is okay, if my children speak to me again, and we hold on to something thinking it will give us joy, but it won't. Momentary, light, and then it's gone. And then you reach for another blanket and we try again and we try again. And what if this Christmas season, you and I let go? What's the past mistakes you're still holding on to that you think define you? Drop the blanket. What's the present decisions you are making in hopes that they will give you joy? Drop the blanket. What are your future hopes and dreams or fears and concerns? Drop the blanket. Because your past has been covered by the Savior. Your present, you don't have to show up and show off the one 
has already come. And your future, the Lord holds it all together. So drop the blanket. How? We do as the shepherds. Behold, believe, and become. Behold the Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Believe that he came for you and become made new in his presence this day. Do you have that joy? Do you know Jesus this way, this Christmas season? Because you were invited here to hear the good news of great joy. And I wanna give you an opportunity now to say, Jesus, be my savior. You are the Christ, be my Lord. How? Through calling on his name. Scripture tells us in Romans that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that God raised Christ from the dead, we will be saved. It is a promise of God's word. It's with our heart that we believe. It's with our mouth we profess faith and we're saved. So why not today? Why not December 17th? You confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Christ from the dead, that you actually do need a savior, not a good teacher or a good example. You need a rescuer. You have been waiting for the one and he has come. He is Christ, the Messiah, and he is Lord. I wanna invite you now to call on his name. So would you bow your head as we pray and close your eyes? We're gonna have a moment of prayer. And if you wanna know Jesus today and you want him to be the Lord of your life, the savior of your soul, we are going to pray as a church. And hear me, the prayer doesn't save us. The words don't save us. It's what has already been done. It is who, and his name is Jesus. And we call on his name, as scripture says, we declare with our mouth and believe in our heart. And so that's you today. If you've never declared, you've never confessed, you've never believed, as we pray as a community, would you join in this prayer? And if you wanna know Christ and you're saying, Pastor Keith, just pray for me. I wanna know him today. I wanna invite you to raise your hand in this moment, to say, God, I wanna be saved today. Make me new. Come on, the best Christmas of your life, surrendering your whole self to Jesus. So we're gonna pray. And if you're making that decision, I invite you to raise your hand in this moment. Say this with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus died and rose again so I could be forgiven. Thank you for new life. Today, I surrender mine. Thank you for making me new. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Blaze Church, can you celebrate with heaven right now? Because God's word says when one person confesses faith, all the angels have a party. All of heaven rejoices. Hey, we've got something for you. That Bible, that booklet, what's your next step? We wanna put it in your hands right now. And so worship team, if you would join me, but if you want one of those Bibles or what's next book, our welcome team's just gonna walk around. They're gonna come up front. Just raise your hand and they will come right over to you and make sure you get one of those. And I wanna highlight one last thing before we sing and head out. When you leave today, we've got a little gift that we wanna give you. It's an invitation to our Christmas Eve service. So next week, we're gonna gather in this space at 9.30 and 11, different time than when you came today. 9.30 and 11 for a special Christmas Eve service. So we're gonna have kids lighting. We're gonna have Blaze Kids setting up a nativity. 
It's gonna be a, a really special service together. And we would love for you to come back and be our guest. So when you leave, our welcome team will give you one of these. There's a little candy cane in here as well. And I wanna encourage you, don't walk out the door too quick. Head over to the right. There's hot chocolate and cookies. We got Santa back there. You're never too old to take a picture with Santa, okay? Let's just break that down, okay? So some of you are like, can I do this? Yes, you can. Go get a picture with Santa. And we just want you to know that it's great joy because of the good news. God loves you. So we're gonna sing one last song. I wanna ask you to stand up right now. We're gonna sing Joy to the World. You may know it. And we're gonna leave this place celebrating that we have great joy because of this good news. Let me pray for you now that you're standing. God, thank you for every person who came out today to this 1030 service. I thank you that they have heard the gospel and that there's been a response, a beholding, a believing, and a becoming made new. I thank you for sending your son Jesus to this world. He is the Savior who is Christ the Lord. And we now sing joy to the world because he has come. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's clap for King Jesus.